Welcome to the Life Church of Kansas City podcast. Please consider following, sharing, and supporting by giving at tlckcmo.com. May you be blessed by the Word of God. He's worthy of all the praise, all the glory, and all the honor. Amen. I want to thank God for giving me the opportunity to be at the Life Church KC. I always thank my husband in his absence because he allows me to travel in the ministry of prayer. So I do appreciate his support. Um, And I also, of course, want to honor Bishop Gleason. Amen. And Sister Gleason. He is doing an outstanding job as the chairman of the Five-Fold Ministry Discovery, and it is spreading all across the U.S. It's spreading around the world. Amen. It is making an impact that's going to affect the kingdom eternally. And, of course, I want to honor and thank uh, Pastor Justin Gleason. Amen. And Sister Anna. And all of the leadership of the church. Amen. Brother Nathan Santo Mieri. I think I almost got his name down right. Amen. And all of the leadership team and your spouses and this entire church. You are amazing. Uh, We and the WNOP team have enjoyed working uh, with others in coordinating this conference. And just so many of you I've met and I've fallen in love with you. My husband's going to have to come and get me and says, why are you not coming home? Because I feel so much at home here. Uh, like a family. So thank you so much for your hospitality. And then to top it off, I get this beautiful gift bag that Sister Gleason did. So creative and just so wonderful. I have been blessed. And uh, it's just been a marvelous time. I'm so excited to be here. Everything that we've done, all of the meals that we have received, Uh, I mean, I'm coming back with a little bit more than what I came with. You know, actually, statistics show that women who carry a little more weight live longer than the men who mention it. (laughs) But I am full spiritually and naturally. This praise team has been amazing. Dr. Larmy, thank you so much, and all of you, the entire church. Amen. Indeed, we did have a great five-fold ministry discovery conference. People were blessed. People were ministered to. And I'm so excited what God is doing. Amen. With all of that being said, let's turn our attention to the Word of God. We're going to go... To 1 Kings chapter 3, verse 5. 1 Kings chapter 3, verse 5. And it reads, In Gibeon, the Lord appeared to Solomon in a dream by night. And God said, Ask 
what I shall give thee. Amen. Would you lift up your voice, Bishop Gleason, and pray? God. You may be seated. I would like to entitle this message, Dream Big. Dream Big. I would like for you to look at someone next to you and say, Dream Big. Tell someone else like you mean it, Dream Big. The word dream is found 74 times in the King James Version of the Bible. You know, when Brother Jason Sisko was uh, teaching, preaching yesterday, and he started talking about Joseph and the dream and singing the song, Dream a Dream, and I'm like, whoa, he's already in my message. That's a confirmation. God's doing something. Because I don't speak this everywhere, this message that God has given me. There are only certain places and few. And so you must realize God is doing something special here. A dream is a condition that is deeply desired or longed for. It is a snapshot of the future that is developed in the recesses of your mind, will, and emotions that manifest in a destined reality. The future belongs to them who believe in their dreams, their destiny. You may be a visitor or a saint here today and have not had the essential experience of repentance, being filled with the Spirit of God or baptized in Jesus' name as shown in Acts 2 and 38. For John 3 and 5 says, Jesus answered, Verily, verily, I say unto thee, except a man be born of the water and of the Spirit, he cannot enter into the kingdom of God. This could be be your day. Amen. It's a prerequisite, amen, for salvation to enter heaven. This could be your day if you desire it. It could be a new beginning. You have been dreaming for a change in your life, and that's the best change you could ever have. Someone say dream big. You can dream big because God wants to cover your past with his blood, and give you a new beginning. Some of you may feel like, oh, I'm not in a place where I used to be. I need to renew my relationship with God. Well, dream big because today that can happen. You can have a new beginning. All old things are passed away. All other things will become new. You may have been been dreaming about being in a greater place with God to enhance your prayer life, 
to be at another level or dimension. You know, prayer is the best wireless connection. It cannot beat AT&T or any other provider. You may need healing in your body. Dream big. My husband was diagnosed with cancer years ago, and he had gone in and received treatment and, and, um, and medical care. But when they came back again, they said, there is something major. Again, you have cancer, and we need to do surgery. And at that time, he was getting closer to God. He had just gotten saved, and he had heard about divine healing. And so he was dreaming big and praying. And he said when he got home, the Lord told him, you're not going to go that direction. Now, that's not for everyone. Whatever God speaks to you, you do. Because God uses doctors. Luke was a physician. But in this case, you know, when he left the office, the doctor said, okay, we are, we are going to call you and we're going to schedule the surgery. We're going to connect you with the specialists and so forth. We're going to give you a call. And already my husband had been praying and God had been showing him things. He said, you know what, doctor? He said, I'll tell you what. He said, you don't have to call me. If I need to, I'll call you. Okay? And that doctor has been waiting for that call over 20 years. God totally healed my husband. God is a healer. Someone need a dream big for their healing. Sister Andrea is shouting today. Praise God. The sister that had the AFib that God healed is shouting. Praise God. You could be shouting too because God wants to heal you. Amen. You may need a spiritual healing, an emotional healing. You may need to dream big for a business venture. You need a miracle in your finances. God is calling you to do a great work. Someone say dream big. God has placed within your heart hopes and dreams that he wants to fulfill through you in his kingdom. He is saying, ask what I shall give thee. He is a big God who wants us to dream big, who wants to do Big things through us. Amen. I'd like the media uh, team to pull up the Sunday email that I sent you, the first picture. Amen. In ministry, I know we have missionaries that were at the conference. Do we have any missionaries here today? Praise God. God wants to do a great work on the mission field and everywhere. Praise God. We had taken a team to the Philippines. We are invited by the general superintendent uh, to do prayer evangelism. We went everywhere. Uh, the first night we got there, in fact, we were up all night praying through cities. And uh, we went to the Bible colleges and we trained students and uh, we partnered. I think during that time, Sister Mickey Mangan was there with her seven team as well. And, uh, and it was a a huge general conference. I think there were almost about 
uh, over 20,000 people that showed up. Brother Woodward was speaking. Brother Huntley was speaking. And, uh, and we were going to church on this Sunday morning, but one of the team members fell to pass by the park and just pray. And we, you know, you know, we were not different from anyone else that was there. And we went up uh, to this little gazebo area. And then this lady is running behind me and pulling at my t- coattail. And then finally, uh, you know, I gave my attention to her. And she introduced herself as, as Gloria. And, uh, and she said, are, are, are you church people? Are you church people? And, uh, and I said, are you Christians? And I said, yes, ma'am. How can I help? And she said, well, I need prayer. And so so we begin to pray. She said, I'm about to catch a bus to go back home. I'm two hours. I was visiting my sister. So I got the ministry, the men of God to come and lay hands on her and pray for her. And then one of the pastor invited her to church. It was just down the street. They said, well, we'll pick you up in the van and then maybe you can take the bus later. And she came to church. Praise God. Next picture. What does she have on front of her shirt? In, in front of her, uh, on front of her shirt. Back off! How many people are we witnessing to? And we feel that on the exterior, they're saying, "Back off!" Family members, those on the job. But you never know what's going on in the heart. You cannot judge a book by its cover. <laughs> Gloria comes to the altar. She reaches up. God fills her with the Holy Ghost, with the evidence speaking in tongues. She asks to be baptized in Jesus' name. Then after that, she comes to me. She knows my name now. She says, Sister Shaw, Sister Shaw, the reason why I was going behind you in the park, because I saw a trail of light following you. I didn't even see that. You may think your witness and your testimony is ineffective, but you are the light of the world. People see a light in you and following you. God will draw them by his spirit. He said, if I be lifted up in all the earth, I will draw all men unto me. Don't be discouraged. That family member is coming in. That backslider is coming in. Hallelujah. Because you are a light on the candlestick, reflecting him. Amen. Praise God. Now, when we go through things, even in the church, sometimes we don't feel like we're Christians, but God is with us. Now, just because living for God does not always mean the absence of trouble. But if you have the presence of God is what counts. Some of you sitting in here might say, well, I'm struggling right now. I'm having marital problems. You know, a little boy asked his, uh, asked his daddy. He said, he asked, how much does it cost to get married? The daddy said, I don't know, son. I'm still paying for it. <laughs> you may say... I'm just, I can't do anything. I'm having a struggle with my marriage on the job, etc. Things will never be right or convenient for you to serve God or to do a work because we have an adversary that fights us. We have struggles. But if God is calling you to do something, you do it. Men will get a kick out of this. A recent study shows that men who are married live longer 
than single men, but there are a lot more willing to die. <laughs> Little women say, help us. So the women were like this. How did God make you so beautiful and so stupid at the same time? A frustrated husband asked his wife. Her reply to him was, he made me beautiful so you would marry me. And he made me stupid so I would marry you. (laughs) It can be that bad that you're at each other. But God can bring reconciliation. I'd gone to a conference in Canada, and God did several miracles through this illustration. It was a ladies' conference, and it was a true ladies' conference with no men in the room unless they were doing media or the music or something. But in, I looked across the congregation, it was all women. But in one seat, I saw one man sitting by a woman and two kids, and I thought, that's interesting. And so... The, the Lord moved in that service. And then all of a sudden, at the end of the service, uh, he was one of the first ones in the altar. He runs up to me. He said, Shah, I know it may seem unusual that I'm here. I'm the only man here. But let me tell you what's going on in my life. My wife just told me this week she's going to divorce me. And we're not even members of the church, but we've been visiting. She said, I don't want to have anything to do with God. He said, we're having financial problems. My business is falling apart. My son is autistic, and he's struggling uh, in school and so forth. Everything is just a mess. And so my wife said, I'm never going back to any church, period. And so I begged her to come to this women's conference. And if she would come, I would come with her. So here she is. And before he could barely finish, she comes running up. And she's in tears. And she was like, oh, my goodness, I've never heard anything like this. If, if that's so, then God can help me. And she was just broken. And the next night, then they came for the entire time. And I talked to the pastor and the team about connecting them, getting them in Bible studies. Next time I came back, you know, I was wondering what happened and I continued to pray for them but there was no direct contact and so I was kind of just looking through the church to see where they were and I didn't see them anywhere at that same ladies conference that I got invited to and then after church when we went in the fellowship hall and they were serving there they were and then they come to me running and they pull me in a room and they said, Sean, let me tell you what happened. And they said, God re- restored and reconciled our marriage. They were like newlyweds hanging on one another. God can heal your marriage. God can heal your relationship. Not only that, he said, my business has boomed. I've never made so much money in my life. They were dreaming big. And then he said, my autistic son. And the wife said, she was excited. She was like, let me talk. Let me tell you what happened here. Uh, We enrolled him. We got him registered with Bible quizzing. And the second, at the second meeting uh, of them getting together for Bible quizzing, he started quoting the scripture. And it got to the point that he started quoting the scripture. God healed him of autism completely. Completely. I'm talking about dreaming big. There are no barriers or limitations. Get this the second year around. 
The pastor was excited. He was telling me. But Bishop Arnold McLaughlin, the district superintendent, I saw him in a meeting. And he said, Sister Shaw, did you hear what happened? Praise God with Gilliam. He said, uh, not only did God heal him of autism, but he was the number one Bible quizzer in all of the Ontario district. God can do anything if you dream big. Someone say dream big. Amen. I've been picking on the married people. I'm going to pick on the singles people. How many singles we have in the house? Single ladies. Ladies? All right. Some of them raising their hand high. I'm single. Yay. Look around, men. (laughs) How many single men we have in the house? Oh, two hands. I'm going to tell you a little bit about my personal testimony. I wanted to get married in my 20s. All my friends were married. But I did not actually get married till in my 30s. God had a plan. It's a certain mate for me because he knew of the call in my life. I remember the first person I met, I was in college. I went to visit my sister in Alabama. She was working at NASA, the Marshall uh, Space Center there, and I worked in the church. And I met a young man, and I thought, oh, my goodness. I can tell you more details, but I don't have time. I have to get to other things, okay? And, uh, and so, and I thought, oh, my, this may be it for three months. You know, we were friends and so forth, and people were there, you know, chaperones, all that. And I thought, oh, this may develop into something. And I remember right before I left, my sister and a friend in the church set me down. They wanted to talk to me about Gary. And I was like, okay. I was just wondering what was going on. And they told me, they said, Gary, we have to tell you, it's a player. And I thought, a piano player? (laughs) A football player? Basketball? I'll even take that. I wanted to get married so bad. And they said, no. And, of course, it registered. So my heart was broken. That was not the person. I'm talking to you young ladies. Amen. That's a major decision in your life. And then here it is. I met someone else. And I'm going to stop saying names. They may be listening to this. But he proposed to me. And, and, and I wanted, I thought I was in love. He was in love. My family liked him. Everything was well. I was excited. And then we went to see Pastor Kilgore. And he was like, I'm so sorry, Sister Flo. I don't feel this is the will of God. I was heartbroken. How can this not be the will of God? I pray, I fast. Let me tell you something, young ladies. I don't care if you pray and fast all day. When your emotions get involved, sometimes your spirit is cloudy. That's why you need spiritual authority. You need your pastor, a pastor's wife, someone with spiritual authority to help you. In the multitude of counsel, there is safety. And so it was a battle. He said, now y'all can go to another church and get married, and that's fine, another UPC church. But I could not just not have the blessings of my pastor. I said, something's wrong. Maybe I just need to pray God will show him. So here it is. That night I have a dream. I prayed. And here it is, me and this young man, and we're about to sign a certificate. I'm thinking we're getting married. The Lord finally showed my pastor. And then when I was about to sign it, I looked down, and on the top it said, death certificate. I got up, I repented, I prayed, I cried. And to fast forward, that young man, even though he was in ministry, he backslid. 
Suppose I would have married him. Major decisions you need to know. Then I met someone else. Now, this all wasn't like in one time. This is like years, okay? I don't think. <laughs> he was working with the youth team at Pentecost of Alexandria, a great church, my goodness. Used mightily. And we were friends and so forth. And I thought, this is coming, developing this into something. And uh, he had invited me to dinner. I remember the shocks were there and different ones. I was like, wow. But it was that because of the times, we're in the altar. It was a great move of God. The altar was crowded. And then the spirit began to lift and everyone began to go to their seat. And we were lingering in the altar. And when I got up, it was only two people left in the altar. Me and sister Vester Mangan. It seemed like when we got up at the same time, our eyes connected. She looked at me. She pointed. She said, Sister Flo, that's a good young man, but that's not the man for you. And I'm like, Lord, have mercy. What else can you say but yes, (laughs) ma'am? And so needless to say, I was heartbroken. But God knew. So things did not progress. Finally. I'd been praying. Everybody was praying. My mama was praying. My friends, my auntie, my nieces, my nephews. (laughs) And my mom is very gifted. Even, you know, before she really even got in the church, she always had visions and dreams and they would come to pass. Uh, I have other eight other siblings. Before we were born, she saw all nine of us in dreams and visions as babies or older children and what we would do in life and it's all come to pass there were not even sonograms back in some of those times because she's a praying woman when you pray God will give you insight to things and it doesn't have to be a gift and so she was praying she said in a dream a dream or vision she said I saw your husband he was tall he had broad shoulders I was like thank you Jesus (laughs) Jesus Then another lady in the church, she says, Sister Flo, I was in prayer. God gave me a vision. I saw your husband. He was tall. He had broad shoulders. I was like, Lord, it's a confirmation. (laughs) Okay, so here it is. Shortly after that, there was a a lady in the church I was going to at the time, Life Tabernacle, uh, who wanted to connect the minister uh, to my brother who was living in Austin at the time and working for IBM and he was interested in Bible studies and people coming over and we had did it a couple of times but God was dealing with him. He said there's a minister at Brother Gurley's church. He's going back and forth every week and I just feel maybe you can connect with him uh, and he could uh, talk to your brother because my brother wasn't saved and so we arranged that. I talked to his minister on the phone and so forth for probably about a couple of months and so forth and he met with my brother and he was doing the study and I'll never forget it there was a play going on called the fire still falls at uh pastor Ken Gurley's church so the singles group had went the place was packed it was about the day of Pentecost and everything and so I remember at intermission uh we took a break and we and I went out to use the restroom and I saw this lady she said hey you know that minister you've been talking to on the phone who's connected with your brother he's here I said okay she said well you might want to meet to put a Uh, a name with a face and so uh here was this man standing a little bit away he was tall broad shoulders from the back and when they had seen him in the vision and dreams they saw him from the back and the side that's interesting and he had a blue shirt on I think and then he turned around 
and the fire begin to fall. <laughs> it's a different kind of fire. Lord, help me. <laughs> Let me get back to dream big. Before I get <laughs> Needless to say, he was the one. We became friends. We dated. And then we got married, and he was that strong apostolic pastor that Sister Mangan said God had coming to me. When you wait upon the Lord, he knows. Amen. Young men and young women, he knows what's best. There was a young lady in our church uh, named Michelle. She was so uh, frustrated. She says, I've been waiting and I've been praying years and years and years for a, a husband. And, and, you know, she had a burden to do the work of God, too. And she said, what is God going to have to do? Bring him from Australia? She was being sarcastic. Guess what? Few months later, she met and then married a missionary son from Australia. God has a sense of humor. Now, I don't even know why I got into all that, but there's a reason. This is going to help you even now or later. Praise God. Someone say, dream big. And everything worked out. There was confirmation. Pastor Kilgore, when I met him, it was like, thumbs up. Brother T.W. Barnes, thumbs up. My family, thumbs up. All the boxes were checked. Amen. And so, you know, that decisions like that affect you the rest of your life. It was worth the wait. Amen. Praise God. And so if you just glean in the field like Ruth did, you eventually will meet your Boaz. Amen. Praise God. And so decisions like that are important, especially if you have a call in your life. God wants us to live in peace and not in pieces. Sometimes we take the carnal advice of other people instead of maybe perhaps uh, pastoral advice. And then, you know, we listen to all these people and we're in confusion. Some of the people that you're asking what to do don't even know what they're doing. Go to the throne and not the phone. Praise God. But God want to bring things together, even dysfunctional relationships. It might be uh, in a family, on a job. I remember I went to one event, and I used an example of puzzle pieces. There were about 100 people there. I put them out. I had the ushers put them on the floor. I called the people up to hold it up and say, together, you know, God will put things together to make the picture, and broken pieces can come together. Right after that, there's an older lady and a younger lady running up to me holding up the pieces, and they, and they begin to talk. The older lady said, Sister Shaw. I am the mother of the young lady, you know, who was with her. And then she said, this is my daughter. We had a dysfunctional relationship for over two years. She was a teenager. She's been out of the house. And two years, broken relationship, they had not spoken at all. But she said, when you had us come up tonight, and my daughter was way over there, and I was over here, but on the way back to our seats, we greeted each other, and we were talking about the, uh, the, how impacting the message was, and I held up my piece, and she held up her piece, and when we put it together, it fit exactly. It was the piece that belonged to that piece. Only God could do that. They 
they begin to weep and to pray and God reconcile that relationship. The daughter moved back home and I saw them three years later and they were still whole and healthy in that relationship. You may have a broken relationship and God wants to heal it because you cannot have unforgiveness in your heart. God wants to make things whole and he can do it. Someone say dream big. God wants to do a work in the church. Amen. I remember we went to, and I'm just going all over the place because I'm, I'm touching all of these areas. Amen. We had went to our New England Territory Prayer Conference that all six district superintendents usually go to. And it was going to be held in Danvers, Massachusetts, next door to Salem. And the pastor had called us and said, could y'all come beforehand? We need help because we are being attacked. The pastor had had a heart attack. The uh, prayer coordinator was in an accident. People in the church were sick, and it was just a mess. And uh, they had not had a breakthrough, I think, for two years. No one getting the Holy Ghost, no one getting baptized in Jesus' name. And so we came, we did prayer evangelism. And I remember we felt that... um, to, to go to Salem because he said he was even seeing manifestations of spirits in the church and he didn't really even believe as much in those uh, demonic forces, you know, very logical by a vocational and engineer, but he said it's real. And I remember when we committed to go, I was looking on the internet, uh, doing research, an article had just come out. It was on 2020 ABC uh, News, and they had did uh, some type of documentary of what was going on in Salem. And they literally have had manifestations of pictures and spirits and ghosts uh, just on the streets. And I told my husband, oh, my goodness, what have we gotten ourselves into? But we went. God has given us authority over these spirits. And to make a long story short, we went and pulled down strongholds in the name of Jesus. The power is through him. And I'll never forget it. We had the uh, revival in a large auditorium, but during the, 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 the day, we had some meetings at the church. And, uh, and Brother Lee Stone King was the main speaker. And in that night service, when he was supposed to speak, there was literally a witch that showed up and sat in the back and she was doing incantations and sending out spirits. And they let me know. And I says, well, in the praise and worship, I sent some intercessors just to praise and worship around the area. And then all of a sudden they put Brother Stone King on the floor and in the middle of uh, just starting the service and, and, and exalting and so forth, he just began to rebuke and bind. And I thought, oh my goodness, Brother Stone King has picked up on this now. And, uh, and right at that moment, that young lady in her 30s began to run out. The usher, uh, who's like a computer science person who wasn't into all of, you know, spirits and believing things, she said, Sister Shaw, I saw it for myself because I gave her an agenda. When she rushed out, her hands were swiveling, uh, sh- uh, shriveling up like an old lady. The power of Jesus was so strong. And after service, Brother Stone King said, uh, and we talked, and he says, yes, he said, he said, the Spirit of God will either draw them or drive them. And he said that that spirit was cast out. Something broke. The power of God fell in that meeting. There were people, young people doing somersaults. And front of Brother Stone King, he was looking like, wow, the spirit of God was all over the place. And after that meeting, all kinds of things happened. The pastor contacted
impacted us. And just uh, uh, immediately it started happening. Uh, uh, just even in a few months within that year, he said, Sister Shaw, our church is packed out now. People are getting the Holy Ghost. 30 people got baptized in the name of Jesus. You can drive these spirits out. We were at another conference with Brother Stone King in Chicago, Illinois, working with the Gonzaleses. They rented a building that held a thousand people. And he was there, Brother Sam Emery and Brother um, uh, Brent Colthorpe and others. And I remember for that meeting, Brother Stone King was the evening evangelist and he was going to speak that Friday night. And Monday, God gave me a dream. And in the dream, I saw him walk in the foyer of this uh, auditorium, I mean, the, uh, the, the event center. And he whispered to uh, Brother Gonzalez that he was sick and he couldn't stay. And then he walked out. And when I had that dream, I called the intercessors. I said, we got to fast all this day Tuesday. And we got to pray because the devil is trying to stop Brother Stone King from speaking. And so we prayed and we fasted. Wednesday morning when we got on site early to do prayer evangelism, I shared it with Bishop Gonzalez. And he said, well, I just spoke with Brother Stone King. He's fine. He's coming with Jonathan Shatwell and he's scheduled. I said, okay, I just want to share it with you. Sure enough, Friday morning, he was on site. I think they had come in that Thursday. And he said, Brother Stone King just called me. And he said he's sick. And he's not sure if he's able to speak tonight. So here it is. We're standing, and we're in that event center. I'd never been there before. But when I walked in, it was like everything I'd seen in my dream. And then we're standing, and I'm standing there with some of the, uh, the participants uh, on the agenda, and we're going over some things. And then Brother Stonekin comes in. And it was almost like I was reliving it again. And he walks up to Brother Gonzalez, and he begins to tell him something in his ear. And I remember at that point, I mean, I, I mean, I was lost. I mean, the team, I was like, I dropped them. I was like, I had to see what's gonna happen, what's gonna happen next. And they were like, "Says Shaw, you okay?" And I says, "Just give me a minute." But after he whispered in Brother Gonzalez's ear, instead of walking out like I saw in the dream, he went in the auditorium, and I said, devil, it's over with. That's what prayer does. It reverses things. It changes things. You don't have to accept everything. The devil throws your way. And the reason that the devil had attacked him with his health and body, it's like Brother Kleindin said, a lot of times you will get attacked in areas, and when you overcome it, God will give you dominion. And this is what happened. That whole night was a healing service. God used Brother Stone King mightily. He began to pray with people. There was a lady who had knee surgery. She had a brace on. That lady took that off and flung it and gave it to him, and he was like, what do I do with this? She was walking back and forth in the, uh, all, in the altar area. There was a lady who had a respiratory problem from birth. She couldn't hardly breathe, and she was on medication. God gave her new lungs. She was walking in the altar just breathing and going back and forth. Miracle signs and wonders happened. Praise God. Hallelujah. And so God wants to do a great work here. 
We've gone to places like Detroit. We went, uh, Brother Wilson sent us to Islamic temples. He sent us to the largest Freemason temple in America. And we found out a couple of years later, the whole place closed down. You can have power and authority over these spirits. Hallelujah. Joseph was a dreamer in Genesis 37, 5. It says, it chronicles the story of Joseph and his journey from the pit to Potiphar's house, to the prison, to the palace. And the life of Joseph is an example for us to look at. Praise God. And so um, I'd like the media team to put a few more pictures up, and then I'm going to wind it up. The second picture's in the order. Someone say, dream big. Amen. Amen. It's the pictures. There we go. We went to Africa, to Kenya, to speak. And I, when we were working with the, 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 the general superintendent, this was the secretary's church. And so we were meeting at their building. And, uh, and I'd asked the lady, uh, who's an associate in mission, before I got there, I got that later, about how many people will there be because I may bring some items. She says, well, there's been about 150 or so, probably no more than 200. Next picture. All of a sudden, people kept coming and coming. And they were outside. And so I was on the platform with the leadership, and they were talking. This is what are we going to do? And they were like, we're going to have to bring this thing outside. Next picture. So they all went outside. And when I, we finally asked the general superintendent about how many people you think are there, I mean, you, you can't even really see because it goes way in the back. We were expecting about 200. There were over 700 people that showed up. And that's what I feel for this church. You have some expectation, but it's going to be above and beyond your calculated mind. God wants you to dream big. I want you to stand up. I could say more. I have other pictures, but I want to end it with this. Someone shout out dream big. Praise God. God wants us to dream big. I also want to share that not only, hallelujah, my, I feel the Holy Ghost. Never judge someone based on a season. One season, David was a shepherd. The next season, he was a king. One season, Ruth was working in the field. The next season, she was owning that same field. One season, Mordecai was sitting outside the king's palace. The next season, he was inside the palace. Praise God. We serve a God that turned things around. Amen. So God wants us to think big, believe big, and to dream big. And I want to end with this. A few years ago, in the month of August, I contacted uh, Brother Sam Emery uh, to see if he could replace the speaker for one of our events. And while I was speaking to him at the end of the conversation, he said, Sister Shaw, I feel that the Lord uh, wants me to share this with you. And so I said, okay, sure. He said, I feel to tell you and your husband to dream big because God is about to do big things in the church. And I felt a witness. And I said, okay, I received that, uh, Brother Emery. And then he said, but no, no, no. If you know Brother Emery, he's like, I don't think you got it yet. Let me tell you what I'm feeling. He said, dream big. 
because God is about to do some big things. And so he kept me on the phone after he said it the third time. And I felt a witness. And then I immediately, when I hung up the phone, the Lord spoke to me clearly. He said, this is not only just for you and your husband and the church. It's for others. It's for the United Pentecostal Church International and the churches that I'm about to do some big things. And so that they need to dream big. And I remember in that month of August, immediately things started changing. I had a brother who had alcohol addiction for 30 years. Right after that, he called my mom and said, I've stopped drinking. I want to see my grandchildren grow up. My mother had been praying for something for 20 years. That miracle came through even in just one week. And I'm saying that because that's about to happen to some of you. My husband had been praying for a situation on his job and for 10 years and it, and, and it worked. He got a promotion or a special honor. All of this was happening. It was almost like it was too good to be true. You know when you have things happen to you and you're like, this is too good to be true. I'm about to get hit by a Big Mac truck. This is too good. I felt that. And so I remember thinking, and even a family member, it almost scared us because it was happening so quick. But that's what God does when it rains, it pours, he opens up the windows of heaven. And so it was September 5th. About a month later, after he had told us and all these miracles were manifesting as personal confirmation, I was in a store shopping, and I started thinking about that, and the fear of God was on me, and I was like, yeah, Lord, and what this family member said, will these blessings continue? This is just unreal. And I asked God that question in my mind, will these blessings continue? God did not answer my question, but he asked me one. He said, I told you to tell the general board when you have your meeting at the end of the month to dream big because I'm about to do big things. And you never told me yes yet because I had a little bit of fear. I was like, well, Lord, in my mind, how can I tell these great leaders something like that to dream big and you're going to do big things? That means you're going to really have to do these big things. I can't just say that. I told God that in my mind. And I said, okay, and I don't advise you do this. I said, God, okay, it is September 5th. I even looked down in in, in the calendar on my phone. And I said, okay, board meeting is at the end of the month by September 22nd. If you confirm this, then I will do it. It was not even 10 minutes I checked, bought what I was buying at the store, checked out through the line, went to my car, opened the trunk to put something in there. And then all of a sudden, this lady comes running up to me. And she said, ma'am, I'm not even supposed to be here. I don't even know why I'm here. She was an older lady with long long hair and just a plain face. And she said, you don't even know me, but the Lord told me to stop here and to tell you these blessings will continue and that you need to dream big and to speak what God has told you because I'm a 
about to do big things and to dream big. So God has told me to tell you to dream. My goodness, he's about to do big things in this church. Pastor Justin, souls are going to come in. Bishop Gleason, he's going to have you go around the world. Fivefold ministry is going to spread your business, your ministry, the anointing. Brother Nathan, all of you, your families, dream big. It's about to happen. God, God's about to do big things in your family, in your home, in your body. It's for you. This message is for you. It's for you. He's about to dream big. I need the musicians and the singers because God wants us to rejoice. Healings, miracles, signs, wonders, finances. God's about to do big things. God's about to do big things. Dream big. Dream big. Dream big. You've been waiting years, 40, 30, 20, 10 years for certain miracles, certain dreams, certain promises. Now is the time. God's about to manifest it in your life in your home, in your family. Dream big, dream big. I need a rejoicing song, hallelujah. Because God's doing it, that's it. Reach for it, you have an open heaven. Dream big, big things are about to happen. What you've waited for, what you've longed for, it's about to happen. Thank you for listening to this message. For more content, follow us on Facebook, Instagram, and YouTube at the Life Church KC. Reference the episode notes for more details.